This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... <coughs> I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days, so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode of Set Lesson Bruce is brought to you by Tweet Audio. Do you know a podcast fan? If so, Tweaked Audio headphones make the perfect gift. For awesome headphones, go to tweakedaudio.com. Use the coupon code SOUTHGATE to get 30% off, free shipping, and a lifetime warranty. You can also get there through the link on our website, southgatemediagroup.com. Please go and tell them Seth Lustin Bruce sent you. Hey everyone, I'm Alex. And I'm Seth. And we're from the Bruce Springsteen Song of the Week podcast. That's right, and when I get done berating Alex for his terrible rankings, I go immediately to listening to Set Lusting Bruce. Welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me today is a first for the podcast. They say you should not mix real life with your podcast life. Well, I have just said to heck with that, and I have Greg joining me. How are you doing, Greg? I'm doing great. So Greg and I know each other in real life. I know my side of the story. Do you want to share your side of the story of how Greg and I work together, um, how you first heard about me? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I, I came in to interview, and I was sitting there in my interview discussing with our SVP of sales how you know somehow Bruce Springsteen came up. It's a, explained as a passion of mine, and he said, "Oh yeah, we have somebody here who loves Bruce Springsteen probably as much as you do, if not more." And I hear that all the time when I you know when I've worked in other places. So I'm like, "Yeah, right, whatever." And he's yeah. like, "No, no, he actually has a podcast." So uh, in my follow-up email to him, I said, "Hey, by the way." You know, I enjoy meeting everyone, and I like the company. But, by the way, what was the name of that podcast? So, so my side of the story is our SVP, Greg, walks after the interview. I don't know right away, but fairly, very quickly. And he said, hey, Jesse, um, I just interviewed a guy for one of our positions that um, – a huge Springsteen fan. I said, well, have you hired him yet? He goes, no. I'm like, well, what are you waiting on? I mean, what else do you need to know? <laughs> and uh, so it was just really funny. And so our office is in Dallas, obviously. That's where I live. Greg does not come into the office that often, two, three times a year. But when he came in the first time, it was like a beeline to my are you the guy? Yes, I am. Oh, and we kind of became friends. And so now then, no matter uh, when Greg comes in for sales training or, or just, you know, you know, like a kickoff meeting, we end up meeting at my desk and kind of catching up and sharing stories. Uh, so I am glad that um, I'm glad they uh, listened to me and, and hired you. <laughs> 
Thank you. I appreciate uh, yeah. all the help you, you gave me in this. I'm sure there were a lot of other reasons besides the customer service guy going, hey, um, Greg says, um, I want to be on your podcast, but I'd like to do something different. And I said, okay, you know, let's figure it out. And we came up with a topic, and I'm going to tease that we came up with a specific topic, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But to start out with, the way I always do, talk to me about growing up, Greg. Now, um, you're from the East Coast. Uh, I know you're a big Philly guy. So talk about growing up. So I'm actually from a small, somewhat small town, a couple hours north of Philadelphia, uh, called Kingston. It's outside of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton area. And most people that hear Scranton say, Oh, the office. And yes, that is where the office is based yes. at as well. I um, always think of Harry Chapin's, uh, banana song, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yep. Oh, 30,000 pounds of bananas. Yes. It's a great song. Yes, it is. And it's a true story, too. I mean, yes. I that song based on a true story, apparently. I, I Not something that I've, you know, it's not like some tall tale I heard growing up. But yeah. I, after hearing him sing the song, I, I looked it up, and it is a true story. Okay, see, right away, I'm going to get us on tangents. But it, this is this is basically Greg and I are talking at my desk, and I've hit record. Uh, so anyway, go ahead. Growing up in Scranton. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I know you want to talk about specific, like, music and, and Bruce type things. So I, I always funny, I, I always think back to, you know, I was a kid that growing up, I went to summer camp as, as a young kid. And uh, I have, like, a vivid memory of age, you know, seven years old and, and being on a soccer team at summer camp and having my, uh, my counselor slash coach blasting the Born in the USA uh, album, but specifically the song and, and – you know, it's funny because I, I don't think that it, it, it's not like after that I gravitated to Bruce exactly, but it's kind of like he was on the outsides always kind of growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from there I went and more got more into, say, Billy Joel and things like and, – and maybe some things on the softer side. And then I, um, I, you know, a funny story I have is – you know, Bruce kind of keeps coming back in. So it, it fast forward to, you know, 1988 and I'm, uh, I'm at my uh, aunt's for Hanukkah and she gives me two tapes. One tape is George Harrison's cloud nine album. And the other one is Michael Jackson's bad album. Mm-hmm. I made her return the Michael Jackson's bad album and replace it with her Springsteen tunnel of love. Very nice. And I memorized Ain't Got You. I, 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 for some reason, I became obsessed with Ain't Got You and Spare Parts were like the two songs on that album that I just were obsessed with. Um, but once again, never went back and listened to the other things for a while. You know, it, at that point, just, just that album. Then, you know, I think my brother gave me a mixtape that had kind of real classic rock stuff, which, you know, come dancing by the kinks and uh, take the money and run Steve Miller band and hotel California and things like that. And so I got into, you know, classic rock and the who and things like that. And really did. I don't think I, I Bruce came back in until my brother got his first CD player. And with it, he got the box set of the live, you know, the live Bruce box set. And that's, you know, started listening to it again and, and, and listen to those uh, the songs. And I, you know, I, my obsession with that was the stories. My brother and I used to talk about, oh, you know, it'd be so cool to see him in concert. Hopefully he tells that story. He tells yes. them growing up. And, you know, here we are 30 plus years later or whatever. And uh, or around, I guess around 30 years later. Uh, and I just saw him do. Two and a half hours worth of stories on Broadway. <laughs> so uh, it kind of, you know, loops back again. <laughs> but I, I think that I didn't, you know, even then I never picked up, didn't pick up anything else after that for, you know, for probably until I got into college. And um, someone handed me, I, I used to work out a lot and 
uh, I had a I couldn't use the you couldn't use the, the disc player because it would skip. Just so I, I used a Walkman, and a friend of mine handed me the Bruce box set again, the live box set on tape. Yeah, and I just listened to it every single day while working out, and became enamored with it, obsessed with it. Ended up at a, at a tape store and found a bootleg of summer. Uh, I think it was. Uh, the boss's birthday party, which was from like 78. And uh, I want to say the other one that was there was maybe Peace to Resistance, which is another 78 show. And that was kind of my entry for, you know, for me, that was my entry into being just obsessed with Bruce. Like just, I couldn't believe how good it was. You know, I couldn't believe the spontaneity in the, in the concerts, how he seemed to be having so much fun while he was doing it. And I'm listening to this, you know, yeah. it's not even like I'm there. And I remember, you know, so, you know, when I mentioned earlier that, like, I loved Billy Joel as a young kid. And, and I remember went to my first concert when I was a freshman in college. First concert I've ever been to in my life was Billy Joel. And the whole time I'm sitting there at this Billy Joel concert, I'm thinking about how it's not nearly as good as the tapes I was listening to of Bruce's bootlegs. Right. So that, I, I think that kind of is what, you know, drove me. And then, and then obviously from there, it's getting to see him live yeah. um, in 99 when they finally toured and uh, just the energy, just the, that's what always is how, how hard he seems to be working, how he's, he requires so much of you as a crowd. Mm -hmm. I, was, I had a lot of respect for that. Um, so that's, uh, you know, I'd say my Bruce journey until I, you know, getting into the shows and then, and then from there really getting involved in the backstreets uh, online stuff. And they had this take one, leave one thread where you could, mm -hmm. you know, you could leave a, you'd, you'd list all your, your uh, shows that you have and somebody would, choose one of those and then you choose from somebody else and just keeps going. You can build that way. And I was, I went from having, I think I had just one disc, the first one, which was uh, the Kent state show from 74, which is actually not a Kent state show. I think it's actually from Nashville that year. And, and I think I started with that one and I was having, I had probably five to 10 shows coming to my house a week after that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it became like, how can I get to the, you know, oh, I need this version of this song. Oh, Bruce, Cumber, you know, Bruce does Summertime Blues there. I forget that. Or he does, you know, uh, Stand By Me with you 2 How can I get that version? You know, uh, it, it became kind of an obsession for me, I guess. Well, no, um, and I, I'm right there with you of, you know, toward the, before the, this last river tour, during the high hopes and wrecking ball, they kind of had that stump the band thing happening. Uh, though really it was just sign requests. And I've often said, you know, I wish they would do a rarities release of here's all the covers we did during these, uh, you know, this long tour, uh, that you could buy it, um, at one time because, you know, they've done some great covers and I raise my hand, Greg, I have bought, the official download or uh, went to get a bootleg because of one song. Like I got to have this song. So I, I'm a, I understand exactly what you're saying. I, I it is, you want to get it. Well, also I think that, you know, it, it was, there was, there was a time when it was like, it was not as accessible. Like now that they're releasing stuff, it seems to be a little bit more accessible and therefore I don't know why. I guess there's not as much a thirst for it in my mind. I don't know. It's it, for me. It was at the time. It was like it was. You know what it is that you can now go on YouTube and pretty much listen to any song you want to hear. Whereas at that time it was like, okay, I need. I really want to hear. Oh, I want to hear the the version he played of and the band played in 1973, or if you want to call it Tokyo, whatever, in Cleveland, and the only way to hear that song was to somehow find the bootleg. The, so, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, it is, 
similar to back in the day uh, before Amazon and online retailing, um, you would have, or at least I would, would have a list of five or six books that I'm always looking for. And I had it in my wallet. And when I went to a used bookstore, you know, I'm like going to go and look for that to see if I have it, you know. Um, and um, now then, you just go, you go to Amazon, you Google the title, and um, <laughs> you either buy it new or you uh, used, and you can find almost anything you want. So it is a very different world um and and i'm glad that i can get that but there is something special about that the hunt right the chase so um i recently and this is to veer veers a little bit off Bruce, but i recently That's listened okay. to and i recommend it to anybody who likes to listen to music or likes to listen to people talk about music but the beastie boys uh audiobook is unbelievable. And there is a part of that book where uh, Ad-Rock talks about how one of the things that he loved to do was they were on tour. You're in a new city. Go find the used record shop. And then he tells stories of stand, of being there for entire days, eight, eight, ten hours, just looking through, hunting for things that he's never heard before. And it's it's it is amazing. There is something about that thrill of the hunt, right? Um, yes. I remember. I remember when I heard about the Milwaukee Bomb Scare show, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, "There's a show where Bruce is drunk and screaming, are you loose?' over and over again. <laughs> I have to have that. Like, so I, I <laughs> yeah. I, I so I, I looked everywhere I could find, and finally, and finally was able to kind of locate a copy of it, but. Um, that there's, there's something in the thrill, in the thrill of the hunt. So, yeah. um, I would say, you know, from, so Bruce has been a fixture, you know, for me and, and I've, you know, on the collecting side and then I've seen obviously a lot of concerts being that I'm from, you know, I live in Philadelphia, outside Philadelphia. And when you live here, you have access to a lot more, I think. And, and yes. so I can see Bruce. And I mean, just within two hours of where I live, I've seen him in State College. I've seen him in Hershey. I've seen him in Philadelphia. I've seen him in Camden. I've seen him in Trenton. I've seen him in Newark. I've seen him in Atlantic City, uh, Asbury Park. You know, New York City, all up and down. It's 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 here and it's it's constant. Um, and so, you know, I think I'm probably one of the lucky ones there. Um, it was funny before I was doing this, I was talking to my wife about it and she said, well, you have to bring up our wedding. You have to talk about our wedding and how Bruce took over our wedding. So, okay, please. Throw this is in perfect. There yes. How, uh, well, not, you know, she didn't walk down the aisle to Bruce, but I did. I walked down the aisle to, I had them do a, uh, solo piano version of Backstreet's. Okay. As I walked down the aisle. And then when we did the uh, like entrance into the into the room where they announced you like as a couple, and uh, I had to do a hold on, I'm coming, but I couldn't do the real version of hold on, I'm coming. I had to do the Bruce version of hold on, I'm coming. So I think I used the one from the uh, from the Hall of Fame show uh, where you know he introduces Sam Moore. I just I love the way he the soulfulness and the way they introduces him. There's something just amazing about it. And there's something about it. That's like, almost like you're inter- like introducing a, a, a boxer to the ring or something like that. Um, and then we, our dance was to book of dreams and, uh, nice. And the DJ, even without telling me in advance, handed me the mic to close down, close down the night singing Thunder Road. So perfect. Bruce was, you know, and, and played throughout during, you know, there were dancing songs as well that were Bruce songs. I'm sure I made, I'm sure I had Detroit Medley on the list uh, mm. songs to play. So definitely involved. And my dog is actually, she's sitting next to me now. My dog's name is Springsteen as well. So good. Uh, very much, a very much a fixture in my life. So, uh, so I, I know you want to, so we want to say the amount of shows 
Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, Now, before I say it, um, I do agree that the amount of shows is not necessarily a fair barometer barometer what kind of, you know, fan you are. Because as you just shared, you, where you're located, uh, helps it make it easier for you to, um, you know, to see the shows. But just for the record, how many? I just hit 50 on my show to uh, uh, my uh, Broadway show. Nice. So I, I agree with you. And I say that all the time, like not only are we lucky being lucky here in the shows, but also the set lists, I think tend to be better. Um, you know, especially Philadelphia, he tends to, I think, pull out some older songs and, you know, I, I know people that are like, Oh, my whole life. I only wanted to hear was lion's den. And I'm like, well, just see him in state college and he'll play it. Yeah. Um, you know, he plays incident a lot in Philly and, and, so, and that's my favorite song. So I, it's, yeah, I think not only am, we, uh, am I lucky in that the amount of shows there are in the tri-state area, but also the, the actual content of those shows. I think that because the fan base is probably a little bit stronger. And so you get people that run up that go a little deeper. I mean, I think it's so funny is that I'm like my brother, we, the joke with my brother is that, Oh, uh, Kitty's back again. <laughs> my brother just despises the song. Yeah. Like every time he sees Bruce, he sees Kitty's back. And there are people probably who live in Dallas that are like, are you kidding me? You get to see Kitty's back. Like it's, you know, it not being as common an occurrence. Right. So it's just, it, it, you know, I guess we, uh, we get lucky, but uh, still find ways to complain <laughs> about it too. So, well, yeah, and I think that's because we – once you hear that, um, you know, you do have that kind of um, – and, and it isn't a um, a smugness. It's just like – it's like collecting baseball cards or, or stamps. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I have that one. Like, not right. as in bragging. Oh. It's just – yeah, I, I'm I'm really um, cool that I have seen that. Like, I would love to see Lions Den, you know, and and you and I've talked about that. Where you go, oh wow, that's pretty good. Um, and I will tell you, my first few shows were in either Dallas or Houston. Um, for some reason. I did not understand that you could drive or fly somewhere else to see a show. It just never occurred to me. Um, And I've seen that. um, I don't know if Texas is necessarily a strong audience for Bruce. Um, Don't get me wrong. I'm not insulting my fellow Texans. Um, we have a lot of crazy people. and uh, But just after being, after seeing him in, at, you know, at MetLife, um, even seeing him in Nashville, um, you know, in, in Louisville, um, Cleveland, there's a different vibe. And so... I do agree that I think you guys get a little better show. I think there is something about Jersey and Philly and New York that they're his, as he said, they're, they're his people and um, they want that, right? He, he wants to do really well for um, the play for those guys. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I definitely agree with you. Uh it's funny the traveling thing is funny i'll tell you it works it does work both ways like yes i think that we get better overall shows and you're going to hear through you know some of the examples i give later on some of the songs that i've heard that other people yeah. would be like Are you, that's crazy but it does work the other way like my brother lives in colorado and he's had the luck i would say and i actually i'm a little bit annoyed at myself for not using using this one as an example and now i may have to add it in um but 
Get Out of Denver, if you've ever heard the version that Bruce plays of that song, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had never even heard the song before, before I heard Bruce's version. My brother had seen him and he's like, hey, he started to get out of Denver. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta look up this song. And I was like, first of all, it's a song so perfect for him. Um, but, you know, that's a song they, you know, they got in Denver. I'd say, look, I got, I've seen The Promise one time and it happened to be, I went to see Bruce, uh, I went to the acoustic show in Denver. So every now and then you do get, he, he pulls some things out special for certain, you know, for, for other areas of the country. I think North Carolina does very well, by the way, as well. Uh, they always talk about Greensboro. Being yeah. Really you know, strong. I am not a fan of seeds, but I like that song. When he's in Houston, you know, he opened. Um, in fact, he, he was going to do one of the songs that, and I, you and I've had this discussion off high hopes. He was going to do, um, I, I think it was uh, Frankie Fell in Love or This Is Your Sword. One of those other he was going to open when he was in Houston. And um, Tom Morella said, hey, you know this is Houston. And Bruce did an audible and they did Seeds because it says Houston Town in it. Um, so, yeah, um, He's only done Kansas City <laughs> eight times. Yeah, he's only done Kansas City eight times. But if you live in Kansas City, good chance he's going to start the show with that. Hey, you, if you, I mean, Jersey, and he does it to Philly for some reason as well. But he, you know, if it's a summer show in Jersey or Philly, and it's one of the last, probably the last show he's going to be there, he's going to play Jersey Girl. Yeah, he does all the time, and and there are people out there that have not heard that. I've heard it many you know uh, i think at least five or six times so mm-hmm. uh just because i tend to go to those I'm, I'm at the show you know he plays it and it, he's he, he's consistent with those things but i'm happy that he is i go to a philly show and i'm disappointed when he doesn't play incident um and i think he did more when ed shockey was around because ed shockey would like to remind him to play that song apparently mm-hmm. but you know, for me, if you played Incident every show, I'd, I'd be, I, I couldn't be happier than that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I want to mention one other thing real quick, because you sure. you'd mentioned, uh, you talked about collecting, collecting stamps. And, and it was funny, because when I was going over what we're going to talk about, one of the things I wrote down was how, so one of my best friends, Ziggy, and I are the ones, we go to shows together. And we've had a few shows we haven't gone together but we always talk about it as if we're collecting songs mm-hmm. that it's have we gotten this one yet have we gotten this one yet yeah. um and it's the you know constantly seeking out that song you know oh i you know i've been to 50 shows and i haven't heard blinded by the light yet you know i'm seeking that <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. like you know the kid that's the kid that really wants that i don't know the, the, when i was a kid it was the, the mark mcguire uh mm-hmm. Uh, USA baseball card, you know. So, yeah, I, I could get that, and I always try to use that as an example to someone who doesn't understand why you would go to so many shows by the same person. And um, I give two reasons. One, I didn't see my first show to two thousand two. So much like if you miss an extra point early into the show, early into a game, you're always chasing that point, it feels like, when you're playing football. And since I did not see him live till 2002, I, I feel like I'm playing catch-up. Any chance I have a chance to see him, I want to see him because I'm aware he is in great shape and he is probably – one of the best fit, almost 70-year-old men in the world, but there is less room on the road in front of him than there is behind him. And so I want to do that. The other is every show is, first off, amazing. Um, I, I went to four different river shows. They were all 
you know, 70, 80%, all same songs in the same order. Didn't care. It was still magic. Um, but normally you, you never know what you may get when you buy that pack of, um, baseball cards. Um, when you open it up, you never know there may be that Mark McGuire rookie card, right? So here's the sports analogy I always use with this. Because my friend, so people that know me know I am a diehard Penn State football fan. I mean, it is my passion. I follow the recruiting angle, everything from, you know, from probably one of the time kids are juniors in high school all the way up to, you know, when they're graduating from Penn State. And yet, when my friend that, you know, if your friends are asking you, why do you need to go to so many shows? Ask them if they're sports fans, do they need to, do they go to a lot of football games? Do they go to a lot of baseball games? Whatever. Because I will equate it this way. I say, when my friends will say, so if you got, if there's a Bruce show and a Penn State game, what are you doing? Which it is not even a choice. I'm going with Bruce shows. You know why? I always win at the Bruce show. Amen. Yep. That's it. I, um, we were talking before I hit record, um, living in Dallas, my son, huge, um, cowboy fan as I am. And, um, and I will often say we, and he now says it too, that, um, Bruce never lets you down. You know, Bruce, it's, it never lets you down. Unlike the Cowboys, will break your heart. Oh, I've seen so many games where I've been at the end of the game and I've turned to friends of mine and been like, see, that's why I always say go to the Bruce show. I'll always win. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to give us a quick audio, audio, a quick audible kind of do thing. Um, you mentioned that you've gotten so many rarities, but are there still a few that you are going that you would be chasing? Well, there's three, but I actually have them in my in one of my choices. Okay, so we'll hold off then. So yeah, they're, they're actually in my. Uh, <laughs> um, I would say, look. I would say. Get Out of Denver is a good example of a song that I would love. This, you know, the thing for me is I love a lot of the covers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, going back to, you know, the bootlegs and especially those shows from 78 when he was covering Buddy Holly. And yeah. He's doing songs like Summertime Blues and uh, Old Boy. And, and I, I just, I love that stuff. I love hearing him cover other bands uh, because he does it. He can do it better than they do, you know. In, yeah. In many ways, look. I mean, I've heard some where I've been like, ah, it's not, you know, like I was at a show and he did the wait, and and I love that song. It was kind of, you know, it was fine. But then there's times you hear him do uh, look, look, "Trapped" is a perfect example of a song that he's made his, you know, and and he just that song's amazing live, you know, and that version of get out of Denver is another example of those, but there's a mountain of love. A mountain of love was one I was always chasing. And he finally played that, um, in Philly and, and higher and higher was another one that I always mm-hmm. wanted to hear higher and higher from those 77 shows and, and all the emotion that was in those. I was like, that song's just so great. And then, you know, some guy holds up a sign and a, at a show in Philly and it becomes the show closer for the rest of the tour. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. And, and, and he just, I mean, just his ability to own a song, you know, those that hold on, I'm calming that whole thing. Uh, you know, when he used to do those, those shows in, um, in Asbury, they used to do those Christmas shows. I remember getting those, those bootlegs of like Sam Moore with him or, Mm-hmm. Southside in him. It's just he in any he brings it every time, man. It's unbelievable. He does. He does. So Greg and I were talking and we decided that would be an interesting discussion, though he had a tougher time than I did. Um we are going to go through 
our personal concerts, and we're going to pick the five best show openers that we've experienced. So the idea is I've been at the show, the lights dim, you see the band starts walking in, Bruce picks up his guitar, and he counts off and starts playing a song. Um, that was our only um, category. That was our only stipulation. So it could be, I love the song, could be because of personal memory, because of circumstances, but um, that's what we decided. Any thoughts before we get start counting them down, Greg? Anything to share? No. No, I was excited. I mean, I was excited to do this, and I could say that I had them all planned out one way, and I changed probably three of them earlier today, um, and I'm really happy with the list I've got together. So That's very nice. Now, I um, – by the way, talking about missing songs, um, the first seven times I went and I had seen Bruce, um, he never played Thunder Road. Just the circumstances started in 2002. Um, he had never played Thunder Road. And the nine shows I've gone since, he's played it every time. So, <laughs> you know, it just, it, it, that's how it works. All right. So, um, number five. You I'm starting number five. Yeah. All right. So, from, yeah, we're going to go from bottom to top. All right, so I'm, and do you have I, a couple of honorable five, mentions you want to mention first, or? No, I really just okay. No, nah, I'd good. I'd go with the five. I think. Um, so my number five, I think, is like a, I would say, like a cool experience that is not necessarily it's, it's like completely organic. I would say. So, a couple days I've seen Bruce. This was in '03. He was playing those. He played those shows. It was, the rising tour and he he would play like i don't know what 10 shows or maybe more than that at giant stadium and i went to a bunch of those shows and uh before one of them i was in new york city and, and with my buddy going through cd store and i found a bootleg of a show called follow that dream it's a i think it was a stockham show from like 81 and um so it was a river tour and on the on the uh on the disc or on the bootleg, he covered Cool Stop the Rain, uh, which is a Creedence Clearwater Revival song. And I, I love Creedence. And I had never heard Bruce. I didn't even really know that he had covered it. And I thought it was just a really cool version. And, you know, I think it's a great song, right? And so a couple of days later, I go to the show starts raining before the show <coughs> oh we're stuck in a you know it's being an outdoor show stadium show and it's pouring rain and then bruce opens up with who'll stop the rain and so just the coolness factor of that the you know awareness that he had to do that and now my buddy zig and i every time we go to a show we're like if it's an outdoor show maybe it'll rain and he'll start with who'll stop the rain again so that is awesome. Um, it, that is not one I've heard, but that is a great story. Um, and I don't know if we'll do this too often, but my number five is a cover as well. Um, now, I did not have as many to pick of, pick out <laughs> of, Um with my 16 shows and four of them were the river. So it's the same song. Um, but it was, um, April 6th, 2014. Um, Jerry world had the final four tournament and to help promote, they decided they would do a music festival in what used to be, uh, where Reunion Arena uh, was where um, the arena, and they now made it a park. And uh, Pat Green played, and 
couple other bands, but Bruce was the headliner. It was a free show, and they were broadcasting it on the internet. And um, I was just so excited because I already had tickets for Nashville on April 17th, and I was going to Houston on um, the um, like a week after that. Uh, so on like May 6th. So I was going to see three shows in 30 days, Greg. You can imagine my little heart was just beating. Oh. And so I'm sitting there, you know, it, it's it's an outdoor venue. It had been cold. It was a little rainy all day. Um, and the band came out to Sweet Georgia Brown. Um, and Bruce was carrying a basketball. And um, Kevin in a referee, you know, shirt, black and white striped, threw it and Niels and him did a jump ball and kicked the basketball out in the um, <laughs> crowd and they started Van Halen's jump. And that's awesome. I, made I didn't the, even know that he ever covered that. Yeah. Um, he made – you know, he said, this is something to do with this. And he stared at the basketball. And I made the joke on Twitter. I said, who had jump in the bracket of opening song? And because of, you know, the you know Final Four, the NCAA tournament, and people like, yeah, Bruce destroying brackets everywhere. Um, it's on <laughs> – it, it is – the whole show is available online. Um, but it is a great cover. Uh, the band does an amazing job. Um, and so just a, it was so unexpected and so much joy that it, it, it had to make my list. How is it only number five? <laughs> um, I it's think so because cool. I know it, it, I, I actually was like, Man, is he going to give me crap that it's a cover? Makes my list. But yeah, it was just so unexpected and so fun. Absolutely. All right. All right. So, Number four. So we're four. All right. So four of mine will be kind of it's, it's that pulls at your heartstrings kind of thing and something I'll probably remember forever because of the scenario. But uh, so my, my son, who is now four and a half, was born in 2014. And the year the year after he was born, Bruce released that the river box set. And uh, first of all, I, I you know it's funny. I always I always view the rivers like the desert island album. You know, like if you're gonna if you can only bring one album on the desert island, it would be the river. Even though it's not my favorite album, there's the most content on it. Exactly. And who would have like, known? Right. Right. It's just there's so much, and and aside from probably two or three songs. I think it's incredible. Um, so, so it surprised me that he left songs off of it that were so good. Uh, but right before the box that came out, he released one song, Meet Me in the City. And I would just listen. So I'd drive my son every morning to uh, childcare and blast Meet Me in the City for that. You know, I, there was a couple weeks period where that song was out and nothing else. And we listen to it every day. So he's probably about a year and a half old at this point. And still, you know, here we are three years later, and he still refers to that song as, Daddy, can you play all right? Um, so I have to go with Meet Me in the City as my favorite, uh, as my number four in uh, my favorite lead-off song. That is awesome. Um, it that I, I love that story. I, I think that's so it, great. It even gets funnier than that. Actually, I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt you. I, oh um, no, please. Is the the version actually that that we listened to the most was uh, I just re remember this that originally yes I listened it was the it was the version of iTunes but eventually um, they came out with the the first show I think went in Pittsburgh for that tour yes and Meet Me in the City was on that and. So the version my, we would listen to is that, and my son 
would repeat the song. And he repeated, so, you know, in the middle of it, Bruce does the thing where he welcomes the crowd. Right. You know? And my son would say that as if he, like, he, you know, at, at one and a half, two years old, did not realize that that was not part of the song. Like, he thought those were, those were part of the words of the actual song. So when he, he memorized the song, he would say that part, too. Oh, I, I love that. I can just imagine... <laughs> So glad to be in your beautiful city tonight. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go down to the river. <laughs> That's exactly. Oh. Well, this is very eerie uh, because my number four is Meet Me in the City uh, for different reasons. One, um, as I said, it was the song I heard the most of um, because – he opened each city, each song, each show with that. Um, I remember the excitement that he was going to be on Saturday Night Live. And you're just like, oh, man, he's going to be on Saturday Night Live. You know, the box set coming out. And um, Amy Poehler um, and Tina Fey were co-hosts. And they go, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. And they come out with Meet Me in the City. And it was amazing. Um, I, I shared this in the book, you know, Spring Scene, I was there. Um, I had been unemployed for almost a year and had gotten, got hired in December of um, 2015. And... They announced the tour, and Linda said, we have no business spending the money, but you should go. And so I flew into Pittsburgh um, to see the show. Used what I used the last of my miles for the a free airline ticket. I was not even going to spend – I was not going to get a hotel room, Greg. I was just going to stay up all night. But Linda found a really cheap through, you know, hotel. And I'm sitting there and I can't believe that I'm at the show. And when they come out and meet me in the city, it just felt like I was home again. So it has such a special place in my heart because not only because of how it made me feel, but it's a darn good song to start. I mean, oh, it just, it I just, agree. it just, it's yeah. And, and every once in a while I'll pull it on just to kind of get the, to get my blood pumping in the morning, you know, and, and you're right. That middle where he's talking is just perfect. And, and then if you can he hear me say this, when he does that, oh. like when he does that in the middle of a song and he's like, you know, so glad to be, you know, like being here. How can I, you know, like that whole thing that when he, you know, even some of the stuff where he's talking about building a house, I don't know about that, but, um, but he has this soulfulness to his voice that I think people who aren't fans hopefully would pick up on in the concert that they yeah. wouldn't, you know, there are people out there that just think he's, you know, just screams words, but he has, there is a deep soulfulness in his voice. And it yeah. comes out when he's doing those intros. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I would love to hear your son say that. That is just greatness. All right, Greg. I, I don't know if he can still do it. I, you yeah. Know, he, at that time, he still asks for, you know, he still says, oh, can you play all right? He just did the other day, which is one of the reasons I thought about it. I was like, you know what? I have to include that. Because I really like it. So, like, to me, it's kind of like um, – you know the 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 live New York album where he's where it starts with um, what's the what's the uh, lead off of uh, My Love Will Not Lay Down? Is right. that what it is? Yes. And like I think that those are similar songs. In yes. The, you know, especially sung as openers. And I, I don't know, I just enjoy, I, I definitely enjoy it. It wasn't just you yeah. know the uh, nostalgic, but it's it's great. And, I, and um, I, I love a song where, you know, kind of like Mary's Place, where he's waiting for a shout from the crowd. 
turn it up, wait in our shop crowd, where right. he goes, if you could hear me since, say all right, all right, can you hear me? It's, yes, yeah, perfect. Okay, listeners, at this point, Greg and I still have another 45 minutes of discussion. I decided to break this episode into two parts. This seemed like a good place to stop. Um, I hope you come back in two days, listen to the second part of Greg and I's discussion. Hope you found it entertaining. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to reach me, I am at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You can reach me on Twitter at jessejacksondfw. You can also reach the show on Twitter at setlustingbruce. See you in a couple of days. We continue talking about our top show openers. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast. That is the one, the only, set listening Bruce. Set Listening Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.